Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. I am Laura, and I am here with Shelly Stewart. Woohoo! We have an amazing guest today. We're so excited to welcome Shelly O'Donovan to the podcast. Shelly is the CEO of the Authentic Influence Group, and uh, we're going to let Shelly introduce herself and tell you why she's super awesome. Hey, Shelly. Hi. How are you? Great. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So just to give you a little bit about what we do at my company, we do all things influence. So I currently teach um, the art of influence in business at Wharton, um, but that's just a side job that I do. My day job and what I really love to do is to go into companies and help both executives and teams to really unlock their authentic influence. And so we do a lot of work with body language training um, and a lot of work in just some Jedi mind tricks to really help people <laughs> unlock that influence in their lives. I love that. I love Jedi mind tricks. And, and Shelly, one <laughs> of the things that, that we've spoken about with you in the past is that you really teach influence for helping people harness the powers of good, um, you know, not trying to show people how to, you know, use body language and influence for to, the dark side. Yeah, for the dark side. We're not going <laughs> Absolutely. To yeah, can you can you tell us a little bit about that? Like what are some of the reasons that somebody would come to you to, you know, to work on their body language to to amplify their um persuasion ability? Sure. So I often get executives who are kind of mid-level career and they're a little bit stuck and they hmm. just are being told that they're um either not assertive enough or on the flip side, I sometimes get clients who are being told that they're too aggressive and too assertive and and they're just too much. And so I help them with science-backed tips that are really geared specifically to them and specifically to how to unlock their body language. So, you know, are they, are they standing upright? Is their, their um, stature very confident? Are they using their hands openly? Or, you know, on the flip side, are they being like too overbearing on someone? And so we work um, very specifically about what types of things we can do to change that for them. And so they're really little tweaks on the surface, but they make a huge impact in day-to-day interactions. And people see, you know, they see a difference in how they communicate with their kids all the way up to, you know, how they communicate with the boss at work. That's really awesome. And that when you were talking about little things like how they use their hands, I immediately went to you know, now we know for years now, right? Politicians right. don't point their index finger when they speak, mm-hmm. right? So, but they've got that thumb, that fisted thumb, right? Mm-hmm. And for right. me, and maybe this, you know, I'm sure it plays into some of what you do is people's perceptions of what's happening. So now I equate Excellent. the fist and the thumb with, well, here it comes. Well, They're going to be trying right, to tell me right. Something. Yeah, also, side note, Kelly and I both just adjusted our posture as we were sitting yeah. here talking. I was like, oh, God, sit up, Mark, sit up. I have that effect on people. <laughs> that it's always great. happens when you walk into a room, me. people just start standing up in their posture immediately. <laughs> do, well, it's when, yeah, it's when I'm networking and I hit the point where I tell them what, what I do. Everybody stands up a little straighter. It's really fun. 
That is so funny. You, you should work with uh, orthopedists. You could you I, could do some uh, PSAs for them. That, yeah, there that you go. And why why people should be thinking about their posture. Absolutely, <laughs> that's awesome. Just a bonus tip from doing good business. Exactly. 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 I'll, I'll give you my chiropractor's <laughs> number. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so I know that obviously the the work that you're doing now has been deeply influenced by your career prior to now. Right. So would you share a little bit with with everyone about what led you to this point? Because that is you, your career has been fascinating to me, and I just imagine in that and why I want you to share is because I would imagine that you have seen examples of both good and not so good business. So tell us a little bit about how you got yeah. to this point and influence and, and body language being your your thing. Sure. So I, I cut my teeth in state government and worked in government for a few years um, early out of out of school with a degree in politics. And then I really moved into um, a lobbying role at the University of Pennsylvania Health System uh, and then on to a role at GlaxoSmithKline where I did public policy and advocacy work for them for about 10 years. And so in each of those places, uh, I certainly saw opportunities where people just weren't really using influence in an appropriate manner. So mm. in politics, you see it all the time. Politicians will try to influence the way a project's going or um, the way, you know, something else is going. And it's not always in a nice manner. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but it also taught me just how influence works and how, um, how we can use it for good. Because I also, along the way, saw people making tremendous impacts in these organizations and using that power of influence for good. So for example, I work when I worked at the University of Pennsylvania Health System, there was a physician there who was going out to the migrant community in um, Kennett Square, and he was setting up clinics and helping migrant workers um, on his free time, right? And he's a big, oh, wow. big shot doctor, doesn't have much free time, but that's what he was doing in his free time. And so he managed to take that and really influence the organization then to put more resource behind that and to really support him in that work. And so I saw folks like that doctor really using that power for influence for, for a positive change. And then even within GlaxoSmithKline, Everyone who works there is just so driven by health, and they're so mm -hmm. focused on helping yeah, patients. That's so refreshing. I right. have to tell it you, like, that is refreshing and not not unsurprising to me, or, or it is a bit surprising right. to me to hear. That's right. that's fantastic. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's why. <laughs> like, you know, I've worked in healthcare, and that's typically why people get involved in healthcare, and and they are just driven to help others, and so. Um, at GSK, they had this fantastic program in which you could be paid for a couple days and go out and work within the community, and they would help you mm -hmm. to pull events together and give back to the community, so volunteering. And then they had an even bigger program where they would send you away for, I think it was like a year, and you'd go work in the developing world, and you'd have a really hands-on experience wow. in the developing world, giving back to the community. So. Mm -hmm. You know, just some really fantastic ways that these companies are influencing the environment, impacting the community, and trying to use that influence in an mm -hmm. effective way. Gosh, that's so good to hear. I mean, honestly, like, I love hearing about programs like that. And, you know, I think in big companies, it is, it can be one of those things that becomes a checkbox, right? Like, what is right. our give back program? What is mm -hmm. our social impact? But 
really, it, it sounds like what you're sharing is that people actually believed in it and, and rallied around it. Absolutely. And how did the idea there of influence play out in that scenario? Like, was there someone who just kind of shepherded that project or, you know, um, well, I won't put words in your mouth. You know, how, how did that just kind of yeah. come about or, or didn't, was there, it's just part of their culture and it happened really organically. So it, partly part of their culture. So they, they do um, a really amazing job of, of, I don't know, curating that in their culture, making sure they hire the right people, people who are really driven um, in that, in that regard. And then um, just putting in place, making it easy for, for employees to want to do this work, right? Making it a fun day. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I think you get a t-shirt, you're working with your team. It's kind of, team building exercise as well, but you're giving back to the community and, and you usually see that play out, you know, right in front of your eyes. Um, I think I went on a day and we cleaned up a, um, a daycare in the city and cleaned up their, their backyard and just made everything really nice. And the, the kids were coming later that afternoon for a party and they were, you know, super excited. So you got to see it right away and got to see your impact right away. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's good. So I'm curious about, you know, in thinking about a company, you know, a big company, a small company, but, you know, I'm a lot of the work that I do is about helping leaders that are kind of already burned out or avoiding burned out. And I imagine that that has to have an impact on their influence. It has to have an impact on, you know, their authenticity. Like, how do you counteract that? You know, when you get a stressed out, burned out leader, um, you know, what do you see that has an impact on their influence? And then how do you sort of use your Jedi skills to help them move through right. that? So it's interesting. I, I typically see leaders who, if they are a bit burned out or stressed out, it does start to play out in how they carry themselves, mm-hmm. how they walk into the building, how, um, and then certainly their teams see that and their teams feel that. And so you know, if you just think about it for a minute from your own perspective, right, we all want to work with positive people who have a lot of energy. And right. unfortunately, that's not everyone 100% of the time. Absolutely. But if you can, if you can really learn some of those um, scientifically backed tricks to increase your energy, whether that's, I always talk about how when I go to events to speak, I, you know, I'll put my radio on and I pump up the volume and I just kind of have you know, my favorite song and I'm bouncing around in the car. That's me. Yeah. And like, I may look crazy, but it's, there's a scientific reason I do it. It's because it pumps up your oxytocin and it gets you ready to try something new. And so all of those, those tips and tricks, I typically teach leaders and we look at what things they may be doing. Maybe could just tweak a bit. And then how we can change that moving forward. And we take baby steps and we try to do it over, you know, the course of a few months. Um, or in some cases, I, I work for, with folks for a whole year of really looking at how they're showing up in that office every day. And sometimes leaders decide that that's just not the right culture fit for them as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you because not only do I just listen to music that you might expect, you know, that you've just pumped me yeah. up, but... Um, coming from my Scottish family, I also listen to bagpipe music, and you're making oh. me laugh. Because I was going to a meeting the other day, and I had Scotland the Brave blaring, and I thought, oh dear Lord, if anyone really <laughs> was like, thank goodness it was only seven degrees yesterday here in the East Coast, because um, 
you know, everybody had their windows up. <laughs> but that's just, that, there's nothing that gets me going more than yeah. a little Scotland yeah. Brave or really any other kind of bagpipe music. And now I've got a scientifically backed reason. Exactly. My family, mm-hmm. my, yes. my children, and my husband who are like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> exactly. Good. So I love that. Thank you for that. I'm going to ride on that way for a long time. And <laughs> um, also, as we think about this, though, you know, kind of unlocking this ability for people to to use their impact through their physical body language. I'm insanely curious about that. Like, if right. I want to be an authentic follower, right? I want to, right. you know, if somebody's out there and really putting out a message that resonates with me in leadership, as, as we're talking about today, but even just, you know, in my my day to day life. So what am I looking for in someone who's being authentic about the, the impact of the persuasion that they're using, the impact that they're trying to make from these physical right. perspectives? I'm really curious about Ooh, that. Yeah. Tell us. I want to be, I don't know if anybody watched this show, but there was a show and like, like there's a guarantee for a show to be canceled is that my husband and I just absolutely love it. And I think this Aww. show only lasted for two seasons, but it was called Lie to Me and it was basically oh, about yes. this guy. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I've Della. seen it. Yes. Yeah. And it was, I mean, he could basically, the premise of the show was that he could essentially read everyone's body language and tell yeah. whether or not they were lying. So like, teach us, tell us about right. yeah. so, skills. So I do teach <laughs> lie detection. <laughs> So I do teach lie detection and um, statistically, statistically, everyone is about at a normally at about a 51% on trying to detect a lie from someone else. So that's only better than a coin flip, really. But once so meaning you learn, we are, meaning that we are basically 51% accurate. Yes. Awesome. So, so if I lied to you right now about something, there's a 51% chance that you would know whether I was lying or not. Um, but through learning about lie detection, we can get that up to about a 93%. So there wow. are things that, and there are things that liars do statistically. Um, so I normally don't go through those because if I teach you just one or two things, the research shows that it actually makes you worse at detecting lies. You have to kind of learn the, the whole kit and caboodle at once. But with it, what it will Our say, the body language. I love yeah. That. I mean, because I could yeah. see that you would maybe hyper focus on like, okay, is right. the left leg twitching? Just you know, if that exactly. was that part of it, and then yeah. you would miss all of the other things in their whole person. Right. Exactly. Um, but what I will say about authentic leaders is that um, you know, it's you want to think about what their baseline is. So what what is their typical communication style, and what's the context? So with body language, we can never look past the context because, you know, if you're giving a presentation, let's say, and you have nervous gestures, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are nervous about the content that you're presenting. You're probably nervous because you're presenting in front of a big audience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful about what the context is. But that said, I mean, authentic leaders just exude whatever feeling they're feeling. So if they're excited about something, you want to hear it in their voice, right? You want to be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this new project that we're all working on. And if you don't hear that coming from them, especially in a smaller setting, then that's when you start to wonder, is this person really excited about that? So it's making sure that your body language is really um, 
putting out whatever that authentic feeling that you are having is. And so, and I also work with a lot of um, executives who are just, you know, they've been hit, their confidence has been hit for some reason, and they're trying to get their confidence back up a little bit. And so even though they may not be feeling completely confident on the inside, we work with them to exude those confident behaviors because it's a loop. So there's a um, kind of this psychological loop that happens. And if you start um, putting forward those confident gestures, your mind mm-hmm. starts to believe that you are confident. And so um, that's how we can really harness that authentic influence that they all have. Well, I'm a big fan of, of all things neuroplasticity and neuro-related. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense, right? And the awareness is the right. first part of that. But Absolutely. two questions kind of pop to my mind. I kind of consider myself a karmic chameleon in terms of relating to people, right? I right. think I, I can very naturally just, you know, put me in a group with quiet, shy people, and I just naturally tone myself down, uh, put right. me in a group with lively, you know, demonstrative people, and I'm there, you know, tripping like fantastic with them. Mm-hmm. So, like, how does, and, and I know other people, this is the second part of that, right? I know other people who, excited or not, they've got like this baseline, right? You, you barely right. know, right? you know, and you know, these people are even, no, no, seriously, are you excited about that? Because you can't <laughs> right, really right. tell, you know? Right. So Absolutely. how does personality and just kind of natural inclinations, how does that influence, uh, no pun intended, how does that influence <laughs> your work, Shelley? <laughs> yeah, it does. So I actually teach personality as well. And so I focus on kind of the big five factors and the, the one that you, that is the most, um, discussed out there would just be how introverted or extroverted you are. And so certainly that may, that comes into play with how you interact in the world. I mean, introverts tend to pull in a little bit more with their body language because they're in a bit of a protection mode sometimes because they don't always like um, that engagement. However, um, that said, I think of it as a dial and we can always kind of dial up or dial down our body language. But what you were doing, so you're talking about, um, you know, really mirroring the body language of others that you're with, which is actually um, a great body language tactic. And it's a great way to show connection with people. So if you mirror their behavior, mirror their energy. Exactly. So I teach people to never mirror bad or negative body language, you know, bad posture or something. But certainly the level of engagement you could mirror as well. And so for a crowd of introverts, that's a great approach because it, it gives them, you know, kind of that, that safe, safe environment and that, that safe feeling. Yeah. Right. Trust, trust is the word that keeps coming to me. So I full transparency, I'm fresh off of a week in California teaching a whole wonderful group of um coaches in training and you know ah. we talk about building trust and establishing safety and you know as as a leader of that program one of the things that, that we talk about in our leadership team is how do we start to build trust within a group and how do you get 60 women to trust each other in a weekend right. because they're going to spend a year of their life together learning this craft and, and exchanging um you know coaching sessions and, and mirroring is one of the skills that we specifically pull out because, and we do this funny example of bad mirroring and, but really talking about that really builds trust and psychological safety when you feel, you know, 
the person to whom you're speaking leans in and you lean in. If they go quiet and you go a little quiet, things like that. So right. I would imagine, um, you know, and I know from, from my own experience, like people who are naturally good at that tend to evoke a feeling of trust in an organization. Um, and I would imagine that that's probably a universal thing or, and, you know, I'm, you're the, you're the expert, Shelly, but yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I on the right path? <laughs> yes, you are. And, and so the one thing that helps to really build trust, which is sometimes something people don't realize is showing your hands. So it's kind of interesting, but when we walk into a room, whether we're presenting or whether we're just sitting at a table with somebody, a networking table, if I can't see your hands, I don't know whether to trust you. And so, so yeah, so it actually comes back to really cavemen times. And if you think about it, if we were walking down the path as cavemen approaching each other, you would look to see if I had a weapon in my hand. Mm -hmm. And if you can't Mm -hmm. see my hands, then you don't know. And even though we're not typically in today's world looking for weapons in somebody's hands, our mind is still doing this. Our mind is still trying to figure out if this person is a friend or a foe. Mm -hmm. And so if we can't see their hands, then we're not 100% sure about that. So I I was um, in a situation where I was um, going on an interview and I did not, this was way before I learned any of this. And I noticed that the interviewer looked at my hands when I was talking. And so I put my hands down by my side and I kept them there for like the next two hours of this interview. <laughs> right. And and I didn't get the job. And I, I really think if I reflect back on it, that it came down to that because she probably, there was probably something there. She may not have known that it was because I had put my hands down by my side, but she probably was thinking Hmm, there's something there I just can't put my finger on. I can't trust this right. woman. And so and it might not, um, not even have been a conscious thought, right? It's in what you're exactly. describing. It just could be like an evolutionary thing that we're hardwired exactly. for. Lars mm-hmm. says, great, we, um, you know, we've talked about fear. And, and Lars the first to say, you know, fear is good. It's what stops you from right. walking across the street yeah. and right. into the car, right? So there are things that we don't consciously think of that, then start to form an unconscious bias mm-hmm. around exactly. you know what's really going on because I I would have hired you. <laughs> we can't we can't see your hands okay. right now. But again, I mean, like Kelly and I literally pulled our hands up as you were saying. It's exactly. so, funny, oh, that's like, so funny. And it's not you know I don't I don't think any of us is conscious. But every time you mention posture, I notice that like we straighten our backs. And it's so, so funny, funny when you when you bring. I guess when you bring attention to some of these unconscious Definitely. things, it's, just, it's very interesting to see what happens. Absolutely. So yeah, I- absolutely, and that's that's the key. And I even work with my clients. I film them sometimes, and you know, even I just tell people: just next time you're on a conference call, take out your laptop and set up your camera. Try to forget it's filming, and just see what you do if you have some weird you know, body language tick that you're doing, whether you're tapping pen on a table the whole time you're <laughs> talking or what that is. And then you can start to really try to correct it. Well, I wish this could go on forever. I would love to talk to you much, much more. Um, but so let's, let's see for our audience and for us. Okay. Really. <laughs> let's get real. We're just being selfish here. So like, <laughs> also for our audience, what would be, your favorite and or number one tip for any other reason 
that you would give someone who wants to just immediately do something today in their in their workplace for themselves with their family? What would be something that would just kind of just uh, not only raise their awareness to the power of what it is that you do and being right. able to use influence for impact, positive um, impact, positive impact. Thank you, mm. thank you, Laura. And um, but also just to make themselves feel better. Yeah. Right. So I think um, from a body language perspective, I would say to be careful about blocking behaviors. So this is when we um, kind of close off our torso. So we can either cross our arms or you could pick up a book and put a book right in front of you um, or a laptop or sometimes even a phone. And it's a a kind of a self-protection move. And it may mean that you're, um, it could mean that you don't like something that was said, that you um, are scared to go into a meeting or something. And if you can just take awareness to when you're doing that and try to open up a little more, open up your body language, um, that'll make a huge difference in, in the rest of your day at work. I love it. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank Shelley. you. Really appreciate you. you. Yeah, thank you. This has been super fascinating. I mean, honestly, I, Kelly and I are like real nerds about all this kind of stuff. So this has <laughs> been like super fascinating for us. To oh, awesome! You. I have a feeling that the three of us are not the only three humans on the planet. I'm sure our listeners are going to love it too. So, Kelly, where thank can you. where can people find you? Um, what should they be on the lookout for for you and your authentic influence? Sure. So we uh, we have a page on Facebook. It's the Authentic Influence Group. You can just search us there. But um, the website is AuthenticInfluenceGroup.com. And you can find us there. And um, I'm in the Philadelphia region. I do speaking events all over Philadelphia, sometimes um, other parts of the country as well. So you can find me on, on those sites and, uh, and connect with me. I'd love to come into somebody's company and give you some more tidbits. Awesome. Awesome. We we'll, love it. And we'll link to both of those things in the show notes so folks can easily uh, check out Shelly and her amazing work. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks Thank so you, much. Shelley. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Open up today. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, open open up. up. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Shelly. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.